This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Alright guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast presented by Clutch Points. Uh, I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back to look at all the action uh, from Week 15, uh, minus the Monday night game between the Colts and the Saints. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that one later on, but uh, Dylan, uh, an interesting Sunday as usual. I think from a, a picks perspective, uh, I feel pretty good about where my picks were. From a fantasy football perspective, um, I almost brought out our first prop uh, in the history of the podcast. I almost <laughs> just brought a nice cold beverage right here to sit beside uh, the microphone and then just open it up once we started uh, because my playoff uh, fantasy-wise is over. Uh, unless Marcus Johnson from the Colts gets me 34 points uh, against the Saints. I don't see that happening. Meanwhile, your spot in the championship looking a little bit better now. You're only, I think, 11 points behind. You've still got Alvin Kamara here. I think you're going to be okay. Uh, but for the regular season champion, uh, another disappointing effort here. <laughs> That's how it goes a lot of times in fantasy. The <laughs> One game can really ruin your season with these guys. <laughs> they lose their chemistry they've had all year, and then it all falls apart. But, no, in terms of the picks, yeah, you, you definitely got the edge this week. I, I made it up a little bit with the Bills Sunday night game, but I still I think now we went into the week tied, which is crazy enough, after 14 weeks of the season. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm two games back, so I'm going to have to get a little crazy with my picks for next week. But, yeah, fantasy, I completely checked out. Like, I I didn't even check uh, from the morning on because I think I was down like by like 70 or 80 points and I had a lot of guys left but uh, yeah the Dalvin Cook injury on the other side really helped me out and now yeah we'll see if Alvin Kamara can pull it off but there's been a number of weeks where he scored under 10 so not 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 getting too overconfident here before the championship round. Yeah, uh, like I said, it was. Um, I got Lamar Jackson. That's all there is to it. Um, that that's what happened to me. I think that's probably what happened to a lot of other people. Uh, Lamar Jackson just did his thing, and uh, that's pretty much the difference right now. When you look at uh, my potential spot in the championship, but it's not going to happen. Uh, Marcus Johnson, uh, all I ask is just uh, maybe three touchdowns, 150 <laughs> yards. Uh, come on. It's a high-scoring game. You're going to be playing from behind. It's not too much to ask for. Uh, so there you go. There's my plea to Marcus Johnson. But you guys are not here for my plea to try to get to a fantasy championship. You're here for the rewind of the Sunday games. And we'll go all the way back Thursday to start off with. Like we always do, just mention Lamar Jackson. Uh, he was fantastic. 
against the Jets. The Ravens won this won that game 42 to 21. Um, I don't know. What do you, I mean, what do you say here? It was. Uh, he just. I don't know, man. I, Lamar Jackson's just be something else. I think at this point, um, you know, to to me, I don't know how you look at any other team in the NFL and compare them to what the Ravens are doing right now because they have him, and it's just they just keep doing what they're doing, and I really don't know how you stop them at this point. Yeah, they're definitely. I mean, at this point, the Super Bowl favorite uh, and Lamar Jackson, the MVP favorite. I know Russell Wilson had a great week, but Lamar Jackson, man, it was something to behold. I mean, the Jets, uh, you know, we're, we haven't come to expect too much from them at this point in the season, but they had been pretty good against the run, and the, the holes were just huge. I, I mean, that's a credit to, obviously, the offensive line as well. So, yeah, they, they really just kind of completely dominated this game. I know the Jets did fight and had some chances. I mean, they had a, a couple fourth down guys that they missed deep in Raven territory, some untimely turnovers, and tried to get back in the game. But really, it was just a boat race at the end of the day, and no one was going to – if the Ravens really needed to put their foot on the pedal, again they could have probably scored a lot more points than they did which is crazy enough so yeah they're now one game from getting that one seed clinched and it seems like it's all uh, all just a formality at this point yep uh they have been fantastic and uh yeah they are they're the super bowl favorite right now uh mark jackson certainly gonna be the mvp and uh yeah that's a nice nice duo to to have yourself there as you get ready to go into sweet 16 or sweet 16 week 16 uh of the nfl season and yeah no one uh no one able to stop them right now they're just uh, they're a lot of fun to watch um all right to the next game i, I would say this is my lock of the week and after the about the first i don't know 20 20 ish 25 minutes or so uh, i was like oh i don't i'm not expecting this uh the patriots and the Bengals. the patriots uh win it 34 to 13 uh yeah i wasn't uh, feeling great about this a lot of the week i'm like how are they, are they really going to go in here and lose this game to the Bengals? uh but that didn't happen they came out in the third quarter pretty much did what you expect them to they pulled away uh win this thing by three touchdowns james white uh when i really needed you in a family league last week in fantasy uh you didn't do anything but this game you just uh you had a nice little nice little performance there but uh that was the case for a lot of players on offense for the patriots as we know Bengals a uh, bad defensive team now one in 13 feeling really good about their you know number one pick in the draft and uh i, I just don't think we learn a whole lot from this we know the patriots offense is going to struggle against better teams because they have in recent weeks uh but against a team like the Bengals, they sort of did what you're supposed to do i guess in the second half yeah and they're still helped by the defense obviously the stefan gilmore pick but yeah. uh, pick six but also just the all the turnovers they were forcing it was absolutely ridiculous and that's the one thing when we get to the playoffs uh, even if the offense of the patriots continues to struggle as it has this season their defense is so good we just cannot count them out we can't count out belichick and the, his ability to game plan and here yeah this Bengals game it yeah very weird start and i i guess if you have concerns about the pats and their offense and just overall what they're gonna be able to do you can kind of point to some of those things but as they have in a lot of games uh, this season it kind of felt like the giants game uh, earlier this year when they kind of stuck around the second half the defense took over and they just kind of put it away the patriots have that that gear that they can go up to and I think once we get to the playoffs, they'll probably reach there. But, you know, in this game, they still end up with less total yards than the Bengals. It's kind of just a weird game overall in terms of how Cincinnati stayed in it early. And for the Pats now, you're still still holding on to that two seed. But it's, it's not... You know, it's not a certainty at this point, especially with the Chiefs having the tiebreak over them just a game back. So we'll see what they're able to do over the last couple of weeks, some things they can continue to work on. But at least they found it a bit in that second half. 
Yep, uh, another win for the Patriots, uh, another loss for the Bengals. Go figure. That's uh, sort of been the story of the season, I guess, for the most part uh, for those two teams. And, yeah, the Bengals now getting to focus all their attention on uh, what they're going to do in the draft because uh, they, are, they are headed Joe. right there. Yes, <laughs> Joe, uh, the, the Heisman Trophy winner, who, that again, that, were, that was a no-brainer as well, uh, just like Lamar Jackson is going to be MVP-wise. But uh, Joe Burrow, yes, the Heisman winner, and uh, could very well be uh, the number one pick to the Bengals. Uh, all right, the next game, uh, the Bucks and Lions. The Bucks went at 38-17 to on the road. One of those games that I really, like I said, we don't get a we don't get a ton right, but this is one that played out pretty much as expected. <laughs> um, the Lions' defense was terrible, and Jameis Winston went in uh, through four touchdowns, 458 yards through the air. He did have an interception, but uh, there's no surprise there. Um, and I mean, <laughs> their receiving unit did whatever they wanted. Uh, Rashad Perryman. Five receptions, 113 yards, three touchdowns uh, in this game. So even without Mike Evans, they had no problem. I know Chris Godwin uh, got carted off uh, with an injury. Uh, I haven't seen the specifics on that yeah. yet. Don't know exactly what that looks like, but um, I, you know, they that's that's something where if it's anything serious, there's no reason for them to, to even consider uh, playing him the rest of the season uh, because he is kind of their their star there moving forward. Uh, again, on Perriman, though, I know there's another team, uh, that one of his former teams, that would love to have him back right now probably. Uh, we'll get to them in a minute. But, uh, yeah, not not much here. Uh, we expected the, the Bucks to come out and sort of dominate this game. The Lions are just bad, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, at halftime I was really hoping that Winston was going to go for the passing yards and a game record uh, so around <laughs> 554, I believe, a record that stood since like the 50s and the Los Angeles Rams at that point. So I was like, how funny would it be if Jameis Winston, of all people, would have the passing <laughs> yards record for a game? I mean, he had he was on pace he had over 300 at halftime he had i think the third most passing yards ever in a first quarter some ridiculous stat it was like 221 yeah. it, it, the lines stood no chance they we know they've kind of mailed it in at this point I think Matt Patricia, I know he talked a bit about his job security, but I think he's probably going to at least have the leash for one more year. But it, it just hasn't, you know, given some of the things we saw from this team that looked good early in the year, it's been really disappointing to watch them fall off. And on the flip side for Tampa Bay, I mean, they're sitting here at 7-7, seven and seven, not going to get in the playoffs. The NFC is too tough this year, but... There are some things for them to be optimistic about, and maybe with the way I know Winston still in the second throw of the game threw a pick, it's almost become like, you know, just wait, uh, you know, drink when you see that first uh, first possession uh, turnover from Jameis. But he bounced back as he has a lot of times this year, and I think maybe he's bought himself another year in Bruce Arians' offense. We'll have to see after the season, but uh, unless the Bucks find a, another situation that they like a lot more, I could see them working out a short-term deal potentially because he has at times shown that in this system he can put up big numbers. Yeah, and we'll get into the Bucks more once we, you know, the regular season's over and yeah. such, once we go into the offseason. But you think about it, they're they're really not set up that badly when you consider everyone else in that division. Like, we don't know what the Falcons are going to look like. We don't know what the Panthers are going to look like. Uh, the Saints aren't going anywhere. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, the, the Bucks aren't set up that bad. I mean, they've got the superstar type of playmakers wide receivers-wise. Um, you know, we mentioned the defense has gotten better. 
So I don't know. They're they're going to be an interesting team to look at as we go into the off season because I mean they are seven and seven, but uh, and I don't anyway. We weren't expecting them to to have a a huge winning record or mm-hmm. anything this season, but I think they've they've got some things that, that they can sort of build on uh, once they get to the off season. So yeah, we'll go into that a bit more uh, once we get there. For the Lions, that could be uh, another discussion uh, on them. All right, uh, next game, the Bears and the Packers, uh, 21-13. The Packers win this game, move to 11-3. The Bears are now 7-7. Probably, if you're a Bears fan and you have a game where Mitchell Trubisky's throwing it 53 times, you're probably not feeling too great about how the game is going and how sort of the situation here. Um I, I mean, look, it's, uh, you know, they scored 10 points, I guess, in the fourth quarter. They had that last play where I know everyone's seen the replay of at this point. If they pitch it to Allen Robinson, he probably scores. I mean, like, there's <laughs> there's zero doubt. Like, he would have scored if they would have just made the pitch to him right down there near whatever it was, 5-10 yard line. Um, but, again, just uh, another sort of one of those performances for the Bears and that they just could never get enough going on offense until late in the game. And uh, for the Packers, you know, I mean, it wasn't a wasn't a stellar offensive performance yeah. by any means, but uh, I think against the Bears' defense, that's going to happen. Um, just, a, you know, a hard-fought win, and, and the Packers kind of have a lot of those this season. Yeah, it's kind of defined what they've done. I mean, no, all the criticism we've given them, and you know, maybe saying for eleven and three or ten and three, whatever records they were in the past, that they were a little bit playing over their heads, and it still might be the case. But we can't really argue with the results. They continue to get these wins and are still sitting at that two seed. I know uh, all they have, to, even if they lose to Minnesota next week, they can win in week seventeen against the Lions and clinch their division. But they're they obviously want more than that. They want to get this by, and the Saints' schedule isn't. They got to. I mean, they, tonight's game against the Colts. We'll see what happens there. But the Titans game, it's a little tougher uh, before they close out their season against the Falcons so I mean there there are some there are a lot of routes for Green Bay to get a bye which is kind of crazy given this team hasn't had that really a signature win I guess that has been like look this is this team's a top Super Bowl contender but they continue to grind these ones out we'll see what they do if they have to face the 49ers in the playoffs uh, the Saints in the playoffs but for now they continue to win these games and one quick yeah for the Bears I mean at least the defense kind of held them in it late and I know they they fall behind in their offense kind of fell back to what we're used to with Trubisky but uh, by the end of the game obviously having a chance one thing I haven't seen noted anywhere it's not maybe the most interesting part of that final play but I, I know because of the holy roller play that only a fumbling player in the last two minutes can advance the ball and on one of the laterals to Mitch Trubisky he dropped it and I was wondering if that counts as a fumble on I think it was Tariq Cohen who threw it to him so I wondered if they could have reviewed that even if they had scored after all the madness if it actually wouldn't yeah. have counted just because of that that was the only thing I was thinking in the moment which I, I didn't really see anyone talk about so I figured I might as well bring that up but nonetheless yeah the Packers uh, even they still would have had to get a two-point conversion after that if it all had counted so they win this game and are feeling pretty good now at this point at least at getting the division if not a buy as well yep uh solid win for the packers like we say it doesn't really matter how you do it it just matters that you have 11 out of 14 thus far and uh they're sitting in a really good spot here um because obviously i mean we know sitting in that second spot uh you're feeling a lot better about things than than having to to be in a number three or on down uh because uh, that's an interesting picture which uh, we'll go into a bit once we get to some of these teams uh here in a few so uh next game the uh our special AFC South special and just as I told you I just want to point this out I said we're both picking the Titans I'm picking the (laughs) Titans that's the biggest that was the bigger part of this whole equation 
When anytime you hear me picking the Titans, you know exactly what to do. So all the smart people out there went out. They spent all their money on the Texans. They laid it all on the line, knowing that the Texans were going to find a way to win this game. And sure enough, they did. Um, I I hate to say that it once again sort of just. I mean, look, I don't want to see it. I mean, look, it's just I I hate to see this sort of happen time and time again, seemingly with the Titans, where they get these games that are must win, you know, huge. I mean, look, Nance and Romo over there like this was the the game like we both said it like this is the game of the week. This is the big game. Um, And they just couldn't find a way to win. And, And they had their opportunities like it wasn't a case of yes the Texans got up 14 to nothing at halftime but the Titans fought all the way back uh they were in a situation where you felt like they were gonna win the game and again it's just those tiny things where it's just a couple things go the wrong way and you find yourself in a situation where here you are again where now you know even if the Titans were to win out they still are not in a situation where they control their path to the playoffs and this is no other way to put it this is such a huge win for the texans and it's such a huge loss for the titans yeah the titans had a ton of opportunities but on the flip side the texans did as well i mean these teams combined turned the ball over inside the 10 yard line three times yeah it was kind of ridiculous watching those plays and especially though i I mean yes the texans did as well but that one interception where merciless almost runs it back i mean that that really changed the dynamic of the of the game at that point the titans were kind of starting to to uh, assert their on the on the Texans and kind of take over on the ground and converting constantly and driving as a really long drive and just to come up with no points is so devastating they do fight back but overall in this game I wasn't surprised that either quarterback were able to have success through the air I was more surprised than anything on the Texans how well they're able to run the ball against the Titans and that's not something that we're used to seeing from the Titans defense that has a ton of questions with their secondary and you saw them get exploited in some deep balls by Deshaun Watson where he did make some great throws but the, the opportunities were there but on the flip side on you know on the other side of the ball though on the defense just not being able to stop the run it's it's you're not going to be able to beat anyone in the NFL yeah. if you can't stop uh, both <laughs> sides but especially for a Texan team that hasn't been that amazing running the ball the only game where they really stood out running was against the Chiefs earlier this year and we we know their run defense has been pretty bad so that's the one disappointing part for the Titans and yeah just not finishing enough drives they end up out gaining the Texans I think by like 50 60 yards and everything kind of felt like they did enough there but like you said it came down to these the fine details and in these games and these teams are this well matched a lot of times it comes down to two or three plays and the Texans made them yeah, they did. And, I mean, Carlos Hyde, you know, his first career 1,000-yard season, um, He I, he's really – we yeah. remember back to, like, we were saying, you know, the Chiefs were going to cut this guy. We're like, well, this, I mean, what's really going to happen? Like, is he going to have a good season? And we don't even know if he's going to be on a team. And it's just <laughs> – and then, you know, he has a 1,000-yard season with the Texans. And it's yep. just uh, – it's been pretty fascinating to watch how the season's played out for him uh, as the workhorse there. And, you know, I mean, it's just – Ah, uh, for the Titans though. I was looking at ESPN that the Texans, I think they're doing using their numbers and all that. Texans now have a ninety-six percent chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Titans' chances are down to thirty-two. Uh, when you look at the schedules, of course, they're going to play each other again in Week Seventeen. Will that game mean anything? We don't know. It'll probably come down to what happens, you know, this upcoming week. And the problem for the Titans is that they play the Saints and the Texans play the Bucks. And yes, <laughs> I know the Texans have to go on the road for that game. 
but for the Titans, you know, playing the Saints, it's uh, yeah, it's not it's not ideal. So yeah, um, and the other thing again, I think if the even if the if as long as the Texans win their game against Tampa Bay, I believe at that point they're a game up on Tennessee and could lose yeah. in Week 17 and still have the division tiebreaker based on division record. So I think yeah, yeah. even even if the Titans find a way to beat the Saints, it might not be enough. Right, yeah, that's what I said. It's uh, the Titans no longer in control. They they have to win out and have help. Whereas the Texans uh, probably a little bit different here. I, well, I guess obviously not win out. It just depends on how these next two games go yeah. uh, for both these teams. So, yep, uh, we'll see. Uh, just uh, add another one to the Titans. Um, <laughs> a long line of them, yeah, if you've seen them. But uh, all right, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Uh, the snow special. It um, sort of went. I think it was you know obviously not the. Not the prettiest game uh, from a football standpoint. It's pretty to watch uh, from the snow, but Chiefs won twenty-three to three. I'll tell you, as a fantasy owner, and and again, this was this was like the third place game in the family league here. Um, but as soon as I saw the weather, I'm like, all right, sorry, Cortland Sutton, I love you, man, but you're sitting on the bench because uh, there's no way I'm playing you in this situation. And uh, again, thanks to Travis Kelsey for having the biggest game of his entire season. Um, once again, family league, man. I just uh, I know if my family listens to this, they're just going to be like they're, they're laughing at me. Which we're going to get to another player here in a bit who had his best game of the season too. Um, but for the Chiefs, uh, you know, it's a it's a weird dynamic here with the snow and all that. Mm-hmm. And and this was a game we we expected the Chiefs to win. I think we did talk about it on the picks episode where it was like, you know, this could be a little bit closer, but that was before the weather and all that. And I I just felt like once you had the weather in play here, this was a game the Chiefs were going to find a way to win. I guess uh, I think I saw some of the Broncos defensive players talking about it. They were very surprised the Chiefs threw the ball like they did. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 340 yards and two touchdowns in that type of weather. Uh, But, you know, Chiefs needed to win this game. They did, and uh, it was at least fun to watch if you love snow. Yeah, that's got to be scary for the Pats and Ravens when they think about the Chiefs and what that offense uh, thrives with doing and, you know, thinking that the elements might come and uh, help them out in their favor. But here we are with, like, as you just mentioned, Mahomes was throwing it all over as if it was a 75-degree perfect day in early September. <laughs> it didn't look like it was any problem for him and the Chiefs offense. They were motoring around the field. I know they only end up at 23 points, but they, they could have had a few more, left some drives out yeah. there, and that's what's even scarier too. I mean, and, the, and their defense, uh, yes, it's Denver. It's, it's a team that... You know, yes, the last couple of weeks, Drew Locke has looked pretty solid and they've done some good things, but we still know their offense has uh, is a bit limited at this point. But to hold them to three points is still impressive. And um, I know they're this is a team that runs the ball quite well usually and the Chiefs held them to 3.5 yards per carry and that was a thing that going into this game with the elements I thought Denver would try to pound the rock and have some success with it it just wasn't the case and if the Chiefs can defend the run we know they can defend the pass uh that you know in the top 10 DVOA wise against the pass so this this defense is coming together well and that's got to be pretty scary for the rest of the NFL given what this offense can do Yep, we've only talked about the defense and said, hey, that's going to be what holds the Chiefs back. Well, not anymore. <laughs> like It's uh, starting to come together, and uh, that's uh, why well, I still feel pretty good about them as mm-hmm. a, a Super Bowl pick in the preseason. Um, but uh, as we said, the Ravens probably the favorite at this point, but you still feel good about where the Chiefs are at, how they developed at this point, and, yes, that defense uh, playing a lot better. So, uh, all right, next game, the Giants and the Dolphins. Uh, Giants 36, Dolphins 20. You hopped back on the Dolphins bandwagon. Uh, I jumped off of it quickly. <laughs> um, from a fantasy perspective, 
again, a team like myself who in the semifinals of the Family League, I really needed Saquon Barkley and Devontae Parker to come through last week. And what do they do? They turn around this week and both of them just go <laughs> off. Um, of course, uh, because, you know, they, they obviously care more about me playing in the third place game, the championship. Uh, but yes, Saquon had his best game of the season. Uh, well, I guess to best game in a long time. Yeah. Um, I guess all things Even going considered. Back to last year. <laughs> yeah, probably it was. Uh, it's quite a while. So um, that I mean, Eli, he threw three interceptions, but you know he made a couple good throws on the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I don't know. This was a game, like we said. This, these were two bad teams playing each other. Uh, no way you could have predicted how this game was going to play out. If it was Eli's final uh, game, you know, as the starter or period with the Giants, uh, you at least like to see him uh, get sent off uh, in this fashion. Yeah, I think I, f- I forget, you know, given how the Dolphins have played over the last six weeks or so, winning three of their games, you forget that they are still really bad. And <laughs> and this one, I know the Giants have not won since September. I, I love that stat where before this win, their last win was the same day the Mets had their last win at the end of the MLB regular yeah. season, which is just absurd. But <clears throat> the Dolphins really kind of showed what they've uh been all season which is still a team that has a long way to go i I'm, there's a lot of things to be excited about as we've talked about a number of times we probably out of any general nfl podcast probably talk about the dolphins more than most <laughs> uh given some of the players that we're excited about but in this game you saw it all kind of fall apart uh, that defense has still been at the bottom of dvo rankings all year they're facing a Giants offense that hasn't really done anything against anyone for a while and they go off uh, even Eli Manning looking like his old self out there Saquon like you mentioned I mean I was just happy to see him be able to have that kind of success even if it is against Miami just uh, moving forward for them and his own confidence and all the things he's fought through injury wise this year that was great but in terms of the game itself just a just two two pretty bad teams and in terms of the yeah, it has an impact on the on this on their slots in the draft i know the dolphins i think are still currently ahead of the giants because or well i get or sorry behind the giants because of some weird tie breaks i think there's another three yeah. three win team in there but we'll see how it all pans out for for miami's future i guess this loss actually is a little bit better than what it means for the giants future yeah no disrespect to eli manning i know you know Giants fans have their thoughts on him, but mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for the Giants to score 29 points in, in a half uh, with Eli Manning leading the way, that uh, that sort of tells you about where the Dolphins are at right now. Um, so yeah, not not the best second half for the Dolphins. Uh, big big boost of confidence, I guess, for the Giants. Uh, at least getting Saquon back on track, and like you said, you have the feel good moment with Eli there. So um, they're definitely heading into an off season, a, a huge off season. They've they've got to make some pretty big moves here and like we said especially the draft um seeing what route they go uh, you know the, the pat Shermer thing i don't really anticipate i don't know that that's gonna be interesting one i guess but yeah. um i don't know we, as we say there are always some that you in the nfl every you know we always get to that monday and there are always some that you just don't expect or at least you're maybe more leaning towards this guy's going to come back than not and all of a sudden he gets fired um but we'll see with that one i i don't know i seem to think he's going to be okay but uh, maybe i'm i'm misreading that one we'll see so um all right this <laughs> oh boy dylan uh, I'm, I'm sorry we have to go to this game uh at least they won let's just point out that way I, i'm only saying that of course because as our regular listeners know 
Uh, Dylan did pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, the Eagles 37, the Redskins 27, and uh, this was far from a Super Bowl-esque performance from the Eagles. Please don't let the 10-point scoreline fool you. Uh, this was uh, one where they returned the touchdown on the last play of the game, uh, defensive touchdown or whatever, and um, otherwise they needed a score with 30 seconds to go to beat the Redskins on the road who had nothing to play for. Uh, <laughs> but they did get a win, and we will at least say that. We know the injury situation, uh, especially wide receiver-wise. You know, Jeffrey's out. Uh, they didn't have Aguilar in this one. Uh, but Greg Ward steps up huge uh, just you know he just made some plays but really Miles Sanders mm-hmm. I think was probably the biggest difference in this game uh, that catch he made in the back of the end zone he ran it well Carson Wentz looked really good here I know it was the Redskins but I know he has a lot of critics right now uh, yeah I, I'm making these jokes uh, about them but look I mean they they had to win the game and they did even though it wasn't the prettiest yeah, not uh, who knew that this game was going to be one of the most exciting ones of the weekend <laughs> in terms of just the back and forth nature of it. A lot of scoring changes, and yeah, it, it, man, I know. Yeah, preseason things have changed quite a bit with the Eagles. I do not anticipate them making much noise if they do get into the playoffs, given the state of this team. I, they made Dwayne Haskins look much better than he's performed against a lot of other teams this year. He and that's saying something, given that the Eagles were generating some pressure, and that that's just how bad the secondary has been. Their pass defense is just. A atrocious I, I know they've defended the run pretty well and uh, this at points in this game though the Redskins are still moving the ball either way so uh, man oh, that Eagles Cowboys <laughs> game it's going to be it's going to be interesting next week <laughs> I don't know really it's gonna be a rock fight <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> who wants to who wants to get in the playoffs and host the 49ers in the first round but uh, no, none, nonetheless yeah they get the win I, I think yeah in terms of Vegas yeah that that got to be one of the worst beats of the year I think there was <laughs> a similar one with the Eagles maybe a couple of years ago I think it was against the Rams where they forced a fumble in the last play returned it and covered the same exact way so props to them helping the the people betting on the win some money but overall yeah it's just so many question marks I, I can't take away too much from how this Eagles offense performed against the Redskins. But, I I mean, the Redskins have uh, limited some of the better offenses in the NFL to some of their uh, worst weeks of the year, really. So props to Miles Sanders. He's been turning up a lot. And for the Eagles long term, I, I know there, there's still some a lot of concerns about where this team is at right now. But they still have a lot of pieces for, you know, health has been a concern as well. All the receiving injuries, but and on the back half as well. If they're if they got, they're going to have to really focus this offseason. We'll get to it more after the, the year on fixing that defense. And if they're able to, they still have enough firepower, I think, to be a contender in the NFL. Yeah, you mentioned the bad beat. Uh, that's one that makes you quit gambling, but also <laughs> makes you quit playing fantasy football. Because if you're playing someone, you know, oh, yeah. if you're in the, the semifinals, the championship, and you're thinking you've got this locked up, uh, you're doing really well, and then all of a sudden uh, the Eagles defense scores a, just a meaningless touchdown uh, at the end, you're just, oh, that's that's what will get you. So, uh, all right, we move on to the next one. Dylan feel a little bit better about this one. Uh, the Seahawks. And the Panthers, uh, the Seahawks win this game 30-24. to This was your lock of the week. Uh, it was a six, bad beat for me. <laughs> it was another one. <laughs> uh, you're feeling better about where you think the Seahawks are at right now. Not necessarily feeling better about uh, the push here on the six points uh, because the Panthers did score late there and uh, a situation where 
I, I know sort of what the score looks like, but you never really were in a situation here where you felt like the Seahawks were going to lose this game. Um, they were pretty much in control. A pretty efficient performance from Russell Wilson, 20 of 26, 286 yards. Two touchdowns, about what you come to expect. Chris Carson did exactly what we expected. Uh, he yeah. ran all over the Panthers, uh, 133 yards on the ground, two touchdowns there. Tyler Lockett with a big game. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, this is uh, pretty much what we expected. We, we knew they were going to bounce back. We knew it was a good matchup, uh, and they bounced back uh, in a nice way here. Yeah, you talk about in your other league how the, you need these guys to step up. Chris Carson <laughs> would have been nice in my playoffs last week. I'm destroying it in that league, <laughs> partially yeah. due to him and this game that now doesn't mean anything because that was the wild card round of our playoffs but yeah i'm not surprised at all that we've talked a lot about the panthers being just abysmal against the run here they are chris carson just going off completely and uh, russell wilson also through the air had no problem uh came close to beating me in this fantasy game we'll see what happens in our work league but yeah the, the combination of tyler lockett and russell wilson was just on fire for the Panthers, yeah, it's in terms of the bad beat, real quick. I mean, I felt f- completely com- confident in that. 30, I think it was 30 to 10 with seven minutes left. They gave up two touchdowns in under a minute and a half somehow in the last five minutes. Just ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, that's going to feed into this narrative when we look again at the end of the year when we see the, the plus minus for the Seahawks being so bad compared to some of these other teams in the NFC. Uh, this one, though, like you said, uh, it's it's misleading, absolutely. They dominated this game. I know the Panthers we have fallen off completely with Ron Rivera gone. They've kind of called it a season. But uh, it doesn't take away from what Seattle did. They they looked really dominant on offense. The, the defense bounced back. They're going to face some tougher opponents. But here, here they are now. We'll get to why this is the case. But here they are now sitting at the one seed once again. Yep, uh, that's uh, that's such a like we said, such a narrow gap uh, when we look at that. When you consider the, the way the playoffs are set up and all that, you know, you go from from being in the five seed now you're the one seed, and it's a lot of crazy things can happen. And we know over the next couple of weeks, uh, the way this plays out, uh, no one's set in stone on any of these spots. Uh, you know, obviously, aside from a couple teams that are feeling like they're going to be able to lock up a couple of these spots. But, yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, it's going to be wild to, to see how things play out there seeding-wise uh, in the NFC. All right, to uh, the afternoon games. And uh, hmm, you said abysmal a minute ago. Well, uh, that's kind of this, how this felt probably for Raiders fans because uh, the Raiders lose this game, their final game. They're 20-16 to to the Jags. Oh, Raiders. Like, I, you know mm-hmm. what, though? Could, given what we've seen from this franchise over the years here, maybe we shouldn't have expected anything less um, because they were up 16-3 to at the half. You felt like they were sort of just going to grind their way to a victory. And then they don't score a point in the second half. Uh, the Gardner Minshew show uh, in the fourth quarter. Oh, Raiders fans, I I love you guys, but man, that's uh, that is brutal. Like to lose that game, knowing as we said, all the emotion, uh, what we expected to see in a game like this, knowing the Jags had nothing to play for, um, and yet they come in here and ah, oh, the Raiders, man, the Raiders. Yeah, uh, it's it's yeah, it sucks. It, I I know there there was some issues with the after the game with the fans, but uh, from other I think Mark Sessler of NFL.com was tweeting that in general they seemed like they were behaving fine. It was just more of no one wanted to leave even after the loss. <laughs> and yes, they were sad, but it was it was more so about the the fact that it was the last time to be watching the Raiders more than the actual result on the field. The the, the game itself. 
uh, yeah, it's it's you you can't score zero points in the second half against a Jaguar defense as we've talking about. It has been giving up basically forty points a game the last four weeks. They've been they've kind of mailed it in themselves, and uh, the Raiders' offense fell apart in a way that I did not expect, given how they looked in the first half. Josh Jacobs clearly adds a dynamic to that offense, which I think moving forward makes them uh, pretty possibly potent. There's a reason they've been in the top ten, <laughs> top twelve or so of DVOA as an offense all year, and they've had one of the more balanced efforts on both sides, but. Yeah, Derek Carr looked bad in that second half. I don't know. It was just everything just kind of uh, fell apart. I don't know if they were thinking too much about the moment itself or what. But, yeah, the Raiders, uh, for a team that was 6-4, and four, to, to lose four in a row like this, it's got to be disappointing, especially in their last season in Oakland. Now you go to Vegas, I, I, I know those fans are going to travel, and it's not going to be an issue. But it's still all you know the the soul of the of the raider franchise i know they're in la for a while and there's a ton of fans down here the soul of that franchise is in oakland and it's just sad uh, it's going to be weird for me to to think about not seeing uh, a team playing in that building or at least in that city anymore yeah it's it's a different and uh on a side note i and i know somebody will will either counter this or agree with this but uh this is another discussion i think we'll have in the off season but I just don't understand why the Raiders don't use Josh Jacobs more like yeah. a passing game. I don't. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. Like they they don't use him enough in in the passing game because we. I mean, I don't. That's that's a that's not a frustration as a fantasy owner, by the way, uh, in a PPR league. Although that is part of the frustration. <laughs> um, but I just you, you see this guy and you're like, I, I know they put Jalen Richard out there and DeAndre Washington comes in, but. I, I just don't get why why they don't try to use him more. I I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me. Am I off there? Because he just seems no. like he's someone. Even when we watched him in Alabama, it's just once you get this guy out in the open, I just don't. You know, it, it's clear. Like the way he runs. I, mm-hmm. I mean, he can catch. It's not like he just drops the ball every yeah. time. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. Maybe next season. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, this guy in the open field, like you mentioned, his weapon—he's just a, an absolute weapon. And to not utilize him to his full advantage, I mean, the dude, and yeah, in college, I mean, he he made some decent uh, plays of the air. He wasn't exactly a huge weapon for them. Not a ton of receptions in all of his time at Alabama, but nonetheless, when he did catch the ball, he was averaging over 12, 13 yards <laughs> per reception yeah. at Alabama. Yeah. I know that that goes into a team dominance over a lot of their opponents, but nonetheless, the dude's amazing. Give put him in as many opportunities to succeed i don't think that's a crazy statement you see how i know things have gone south for the rams in terms of the, how they use todd Gurley, but you see how well they used him in the screen game and yeah. some of these the passing game I, I don't think it could be that much different than what jacobs does he's a great receiver as uh, yeah like you said the hands are not an issue this isn't like some of these guys like i know adrian peterson in the past was always yeah. a, a really big concern with his ability to catch the ball and a lot of other running backs i don't think that should be the case and hopefully yeah, after the year uh, fantasy wise but also just raider wise <laughs> hopefully josh jacobs will be utilized uh, more for more of his talents yeah yeah we'll get into that more in the offseason but that's maybe an interesting comparison when you look at how they use him versus how some of these other nfl teams use their running backs that you don't feel like are true you know pass catching running back types that are still catching passes with pretty much ease uh you would think someone like that with with this sort of shiftiness and such would be more involved, but uh, that's a longer conversation for the Raiders, which uh, we'll no doubt have uh, because uh, it seems we always have a lot of those with the Raiders. And boy, is this is a great segue. We couldn't have set this up any perfectly, uh, any more perfectly than this. Going from the Raiders to the Browns um, because it's just we go from one thing to the other, and it's so funny how – well, it's not funny. I'm not laughing at you guys, but 
it is it's just interesting i guess how the similarities are there with these two teams in particular although we know the browns expectations much higher going into the season uh than the raiders however the browns are now six and eight because they lost to the cardinals 38 to 24 they lose by two touchdowns on the road uh, to a team that again had nothing to play for uh the browns were feeling really good possibly having a chance to to get back in the playoff picture although they're not eliminated yet neither are the raiders actually uh but it's just i i mean it's a it's a mess and they're it's clear like you know we, we see all the reports coming out yeah. today Jarvis Landry wants out. Uh, o, you know, OBJ's already wanted out. All these rumors over the past however many weeks now. Um, it's just one thing after another with the Browns, and and we will admit. I mean, we were we were both riding the Browns bandwagon like we were there. We both had them in the playoffs. Um, but man, what a just miserable performance here, and just the way that they have ended the season. Um, I don't know. This this team is just I don't even know what you say. And you know, everybody mm-hmm. wants Freddie Kitchens fired and all that and, and there's, you know, talk that maybe they they're not thinking of doing that. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know. Like I don't know where the Browns go from here because it seems like all the things that we felt pretty sure about, um uh, to be honest, probably Nick Chubb is the only thing right now that I look at on that team and say they're okay there. Like everything else I don't know what you do yeah it's it's a it's a tough situation i in terms of the coaching stuff I, yeah like you said there's the report that they want to keep him long term but given the you know the lack of uh, the culture right now i mean that's that's a huge concern it's one thing that x's and o's wise all the problems they've had and all the issues we, we've talked about at, at length in terms of their ability to execute in the red zone this season but uh, in terms of just the culture itself, it's one thing when we have the one report uh, from Jay Glazer. Now we have Mike Silver, and it's just it's just building up to the point where you, you can't really ignore the noise. These guys aren't just saying these things just to say these things. These are very reputable reporters that are making these yeah. comments about players wanting out, a- actively telling players and other teams, including a th- uh, prior to the start of this game, a three nine and one Cardinals team that they want <laughs> that they want help out of there. It's just it's brutal, and uh, you know it in terms of what they got to do as an organization i think as much you know not trying to say someone should lose their job it's not really uh, a really nice thing to say necessarily but <laughs> in terms of the browns franchise you you really do need a coach that can have control and uh, of an organization and feel have the players feel like they can talk to you when they have problems not to other players and other teams and yeah it shows up in this game i'm, I'm scared as someone that might face uh, potentially face lamar jackson in the in the fantasy <laughs> final because he's playing the browns next week and this team just got shredded on the ground I mean, Kenyon Drake, obviously the four touchdowns, but it wasn't just that. He was averaging over six yards per carry, was doing anything. that The Cardinals offense was doing anything they wanted. The Browns completely mailed it in. It was, it was brutal to watch. And if you're a Browns fan, and, you know, like you said, we can admit that our expectations were too high. But at the same time, I just feel for the Browns fans and all this excitement. And it's funny because, like, yes, compared to these 2-14 and 14 and 0-16 and seasons, maybe this is better. But I don't I don't really know if it is. I don't know. At least in those years, you, you feel like, all right, we're, we're still building towards eventually having something. Now this is this is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> and you're 6-8. and eight, And there's a tons of problems with the organization in terms of what the players want to do. And damn it's 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 brutal man it's it's got to be brutal to be a browns fan right now yep because you look at this season and you're saying okay if you have having all this drama with this this roster and you feel like at this point you don't know who's going to be on the roster next season and you don't know who the coach is going to be it's just yeah 
I don't know. Like, and the thing is, even if they come out with the same roster with some improvements in certain areas, you're still never going to trust them. Like, like you're, we're never going to trust them going into next season unless, <laughs> let's say, they hire Bill Belichick, um, which, by the way, that's not going to happen. But uh, you just <laughs> the return yeah, to it, Cleveland. Yes, you're just. <laughs> You're just not going to have any trust in them. And, uh, yeah, you you feel for Browns fans, though, man. They, um, I, I don't know. It just seemed like if you look at things on paper, which is why they don't play the games on paper, it was just – it was set up really nicely. But uh, here they are at 6-8 and eight and, uh, again, not officially eliminated from the playoffs, but they're eliminated from the playoffs. Um, all right, the Vikings and the Chargers – uh, this was Dylan's. Yeah, uh, listen. I everybody go back. Just <laughs> just listen to the audio. I tried. I tried oh, to gosh. tell him. Um, it's it's his own system, and I even yep. tried to tell. Him, look, man, you got to listen to your gut here. And, and look, I did this. I did it with the Titans. So we, I can't knock him because I should have picked against the Titans. Um, but he decided to go with the Chargers here. It did not work out very well. <laughs> The Vikings get a 39 to 10 win uh, on the road or at home, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Um, yeah, what what do you? I don't know. Like this is uh, <laughs> the the Chargers are another team that once we get into the off season, that's going to be a conversation there because um, this is one of those teams that just has felt like that they have been so close for years and years and years now. And they just have not been able to put it all together. This five and nine season, complete disappointment. Um, you know, I thought they'd be a playoff team, and here they are now, just in a situation where they're five and nine. They just got beat by twenty nine points at home. Um, just, just a mess for the Chargers. Yeah, by the time the game started, that spread that was two points had gone all the way down to one. So the Vikings are only one-point favorites <laughs> here. As you mentioned, uh, kind of like a home game, essentially. I know the, the Vikings' uh, official Twitter when they won um, said, like, we're still undefeated at, and in quotations, home. Because, I mean, there were huge skull chants. The whole place was purple, kind of like when the Packers yep. played there. But yeah, for the first half, the Chargers uh, were hanging in it, down only by two, and had a chance to get that field goal to, to take a one-point lead at the half. Obviously, Phillip Rivers fumbles, it gets returned for a touchdown, and, and in a moment, the the game's just over. The second half, they did nothing. They end up with seven turnovers. It was just, every time you, you checked in on the game, the Vikings had the ball because the Chargers were just basically handing it back to them. It was it was brutal, and yeah, in terms of what's going to go on for that franchise after this season, going from 12-4 and four last year to 5-9, and nine, there are injuries, but not enough to really explain what's happened here this is it's been a really disappointing year for that franchise as they get ready to move into that new stadium with the rams they had an opportunity this season maybe i I guess with the rams kind of being down to have to gain some fans but at the end of the day a lot most of the fans in los angeles are nfl fans are still raider fans and the chargers are a big rival it's going to be an uphill battle and games like this just do not help um their uh their status in this market but on the vikings uh yeah impressed with what they did in the second half they weren't able to put them away in the first half but as we've talked about the Chargers have played better in that first half I think it was a pretty good game from both sides and I think the Vikings they made the plays when they needed to they forced a lot of turnovers and here they are 10 and 4 haven't technically clinched a playoff spot but they've essentially clinched it it's going to be a they're probably not going to get the division because they'd have to beat the Packers next week then beat the Bears and hope the Packers lose the Lions all of that's unlikely to happen but for Minnesota to go from you know last year really disappointing season in terms of not making the playoffs and Kirk Cousins first campaign to this year here they are have a chance to go 12 and 4 11 5 something along those lines and I I, no one's really going to want to face this team in the the playoffs their defense is solid still Uh, they force a lot of turnovers and that offense 
offense, if they're clicking, if things are working, if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, I know he, he comes out of this game, it looks like he'll be okay potentially moving forward, but uh, still they, they might have to hold him out against the Packers. We'll see. But I think this team is definitely going to be a threat in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, of course, right now, if the playoffs started, they would go to New Orleans to play the Saints. Um, you know, I I don't know. I guess and, and a lot of fuck can happen over the, the next couple of games. Mm-hmm. And I, I would try to play the what if scenarios to say, well, they could bounce here, bounce there, but they wouldn't be surprising if that is ultimately what winds up being the, the matchup there uh, in the wild card when when you have the Vikings going on the road to play the Saints. So uh, that would be an interesting one, uh, but uh, we'll see. And of course, that leads us into uh, a couple of other <laughs> NFC teams uh, who had uh, interesting days uh, on the field. The Rams and the Cowboys, we'll start there before we get to the one after that. Um, uh, the, the Rams, uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was not good. As the Cowboys won 44-21, to they beat the Rams. Uh, just like I, I told Dylan, don't, don't worry, don't lose sleep. Uh, you're going to get to stop worrying about the Rams soon enough. And um, <laughs> this was my upset of the week, again, because I didn't really have any upsets anywhere else. Uh, paid off nicely, and uh, Dylan picked the Rams. He was hanging on for that last hope that maybe this was going to just keep them in the in the picture. They're not officially eliminated yet, uh, but as we say, probably uh, not going to be in the playoffs and uh yeah what what do you say here because uh, the cowboys scored 28 points in the first half they were in complete control of this game and uh i I just for you tyler higby i mean look getting 12 receptions for 111 yards that helped you when they were down a big late from a fantasy (laughs) perspective but otherwise uh not much help for you as a a ram supporter because uh, this was pretty much all cowboys from start to finish yeah the cowboys finally get their win against a winning team but the rams <laughs> holy crap was that a disappointing effort i mean this is a team third in uh, defensive dvoa against the run they give up two hundred a pair of 100 yard rushers it was kind of uh, a little bit uh, symbolic given what happened in the playoff game a, a year ago where the rams had two 100 yard rushers themselves against the cowboys um and cj anderson and todd Gurley. and then this one the, the rams can't do anything on the ground Gurley only 11 carries for 20 yards it, w- it was very obvious watching this game the, the thing that stuck out set up the most uh, the final score ends up indicating it and you see the, the some of the bigger plays but it was just absolute domination by the cowboys up front on both sides uh, the rams had no uh, you know you, we talk about what Goff needs he needs the running game to be working at least decently and he needs some time to throw and he just didn't have either on that side and then on the flip side for Dallas holy crap I mean this Rams defense which has been so impressive of late we we saw them hold Russell Wilson and the Seahawks uh, as to their offense to six points and they scored the other six on their pick six against the Rams but they they come into this one against a Dallas team that's reeling and, and you know maybe the Dallas Cowboys are better than we've been giving them credit for their plus minus certainly would indicate that and uh it's kind of like why why can't you play like this all the time given what Dallas did but uh it's it's tough you know for the Rams uh, the season's like we said basically over at this point they have they'd have to win out uh, which would include a win at San Francisco on Saturday night that's most likely not going to happen and then you'd have to be coincided with the Vikings losing out also unlikely given that they play the Bears in week 17 so 
yeah, it's just a loss, you know, given what happened last year, a lot of expectations going into this. Definitely disappointed in what they've been able to do, and we'll see how they uh, respond going into next year, but obviously don't have a first-round pick. It's going to be interesting to see what the Rams do because their offensive line, it looked like it was taking strides against some uh, decent teams, and here they just got completely flattened by Dallas. Yeah, wasn't good, and uh, like you said, it's uh, that's going to be a, an intriguing offseason as well there because uh, we sort of expected him to rebound and not really – go too far back after getting to the Super Bowl, but uh, here they are likely missing the playoffs and, uh, yeah, got some things to figure out there in the offseason. The next game, which was undoubtedly the weirdest of the entire day, (laughs) I don't think there's any doubt about it, Um, (laughs) the 49ers uh, came in as 11-point favorites in this game against the Falcons. They were at home. Falcons, another team, nothing to play for. Uh, maybe there's a theme here. These, all these teams that had nothing to play for, just uh, loose as can be. And uh, these teams that are, you know, I don't know, I guess trying to fight for either playoff bids or playoff seeding, um, come out and just, uh, yeah, not good. Uh, the Falcons, 29-22. The win, uh, they scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. That can't feel good if you're, um, you know, if you're in the 49ers, uh, priding yourselves on defense. You give up 19 in the fourth to the Falcons. What a game here. Um, I mean, Julio Jones, what do you say? Uh, Look, he's a playmaker and he made plays, and that's all you can ask of the guy. Uh, With the Falcons, no, you know, not in the playoff picture, having a disappointing season, but he just keeps making plays. But for the Niners, though, man, oh my goodness. Like, this is one of those games where you're like, Okay, well, here you go. And we talked about this earlier yeah. with the Seahawks. Now you're the fifth seed going on the road to play the Cowboys if the playoffs started today. And what a swing just because you <laughs> couldn't beat the Falcons at home, a team yep. that has just been, as we said, the Falcons got better in that one little stretch. But it's just a team that has been so inconsistent and has pretty much just not done a whole lot, period. You just won the thriller against the Saints. <laughs> you almost beat the Ravens. And then you lose by a touchdown at home to the Falcons. And by the way, it's not like the Niners have this easy road the next two weeks. They play the Rams this week, and they'll go to Seattle to play the Seahawks in Week 17. So, oh, what a just this is one of the most disappointing losses for any team probably this season because this is one where, yes, maybe it doesn't mean as much if you play, I don't know, if you're playing the Dolphins and the Giants the next two weeks. But you're playing the Rams and Seahawks the next two weeks, which are not win or win. You know, they're not mm-hmm. games that you're just going to look at and say they're going to win now, especially after they lost this game. Uh, so the 49ers playoff situation could look a little bit different now uh, after they lose this game at home to the Falcons. Yeah, they still control their destiny, I suppose, but that includes winning in <laughs> Seattle, which will not be an easy feat in Week 17. So if they, you know, are able to bounce back and win these couple of games, we can look at it as a lesson maybe for them because they they went from those three games in a row against really tough teams and the Packers, Ravens, and Saints, and they played up to the, you know, they they came up and and all three of those games they 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 dropped the one to the Ravens, but easily could have won that one. They really stepped up and uh, performed well, but as we're seeing now, there's a little bit of a trend. It's uh, now uh, over the last uh, seven or eight weeks where they've really just had these close games and they let these teams linger. They had the two close wins against the Cardinals, teams they should have probably blown out given their talent, what they've been able to do against other quality opponents and a uh, 
blowing out a few uh, teams early in the season that were below their level and here they are in the Falcons they let them just stick around and for the Falcons they are as we've talked about they do have talent they just haven't played up to their expectations a lot of the season and in terms of what to play for I guess there's a little bit of a uh, trying to beat their old uh, offensive coordinator for that offense um, and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and some of the things that Kyle Shanahan said since leaving the organization so there's a little bit of motivation maybe there there's a lot of emotion I, you could see on the sideline as they won that game but yeah for the Niners we'll see how they bounce back from here uh, still have a lot of time to figure this out and you know get the one seed if they win their last two games but you just they can't keep letting these teams stick around they got to put them away early there was chances for them to score early and just uh, they didn't really get the big play and that was a big thing the Falcons were able to take away from them throughout this one and yeah we'll see what the 49ers do from here on out Falcons man you, you, they've had some good wins <laughs> yeah now you look yeah. at they won at the Saints um, they win this game they, they've beaten some good teams this year they, uh, the Eagles I would not count among those but overall <laughs> I mean, uh, we talk about this division and where we go moving forward. The Falcons have to have to think: where are we at? Was Dan Quinn going to be the answer? Are we going to find a new offensive coordinator or a new coach with an offensive mind? A lot of times, you see it flip that way. So, we'll see what they end up doing. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's not. I, I mean, if you're a 49ers fan, you're frustrated right now. Just just think of it on the flip side. You could be a Falcons fan and be really frustrated right now, knowing what yeah. you're capable of, but yet you're sitting here, you know, at five and nine or whatever, and having no hope to make the playoffs. Um, so it could be worse. But yeah, that's it's just not a good loss in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that's for sure. Well, one All quick right. note. One quick yeah. note, though. I, I just realized this looking over the game. Wow, we talked about the other bad beat in that Eagles Redskins game. This one might be the worst one in a while. Oh, it, the over under was fifty, and it and the <laughs> I just score thought about that. with yeah. two seconds left or with five seconds left, I guess before they snapped that last Julio Jones touchdown was was the total was nineteen. It was twenty two seventeen. They get the two touchdowns in two in five <laughs> seconds to cover. That is absolutely absurd. Uh, that uh, I that's another yeah. one where if you're uh, gambling on that, uh, holy cow, that's brutal. A lot of, a lot of gamblers. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they may be retiring after this week of the nfl season uh at least i would uh, that's for sure so um all right we'll let's see all right before we we're actually gonna do this real quick before we jump into the sunday night game so we're recording this again anytime we record something happens of significance in the nfl it seems like every time so we just we mentioned the chiefs defense a little bit earlier and they just claimed terrell sucks so I mean, you know, there were the rumors that he wasn't going to play for anyone except the Ravens, so he Uh would try to find a way to where even if he's claimed by someone else, he's not going to play for anyone but the Ravens. I think this may – maybe that changes his mind a little bit because – yeah, I mean, really, you're you're playing for the two, probably the two best teams in the AFC to this point. I'm sorry, Patriots, but we look at the way these two teams are playing. Um, I don't know that that's a fascinating situation there. No, I actually I think he'll play. I don't think, yeah, like yeah. you said, he, yes, there's he wanted to he angled for himself to get picked up by the Ravens, and obviously has a great history there. <laughs> but I think the appeal of playing for a Super Bowl contender is going to be yeah. too much for him to just walk away from. It's not the and, Dolphins. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I think that's what, that was. Probably where his concern was and from uh they put out that those statements uh to kind of scare off those kind of teams knowing that they're only going to have them yeah. for that year so those teams probably didn't really have uh much to gain from getting them anyway it really only made sense
points for contenders to go after yeah. him so that's an interesting fit yeah i saw ian rapaport mentions the a peck injury for alex okafor so yeah. uh, he would fit in pretty well on a team that yeah their pass rush has been pretty solid this year i think they're top five in sacks at this point yeah we'll talk more about that going into our our week 15 picks and kind of see where things are at there with that situation but our week 16 picks uh we'll wrap up here week 15 uh with uh dylan's all these all these bad beats that dylan got his team's just underperforming uh his picks going the wrong way but he gets this one right his buffalo bills are uh filling out i picked the steelers here I, i thought that the steelers would win this game but the bills 17 to 10 i think this was another game that we really expected to kind of play out exactly the way that it did <laughs> yes. I mean, to be honest like this is exactly what we thought it would be a very low scoring game uh with some turnovers which we expected knowing how both these two defenses have played mm-hmm. um but i think you got to give you know you got to give josh allen credit man he he made plays he made some big throws down the stretch of course the the one to, to tyler croft was sort of the one that sealed it but he had that one to john brown too uh, the big guy it's just I thought he played pretty well here you know yep. stats wise you can look at things and all that but I thought they're guys who needed to step up we know what the defense did forcing all the interceptions four interceptions in this but I think offensively you have to go sort of beyond the numbers here and realize that they made some key plays when they had mm-hmm. to make the key plays uh, Devin Singletary ran the ball really well I mentioned John Brown making some big catches um, overall here a, a really good performance uh, for the bills yeah that's encouraging for them because there's a lot of these defenses they're going to be facing aren't quite on the level of the Steelers the only reason the Steelers are in this playoff conversation and I don't think anyone's going to want to play them in the playoffs because it's not an enjoyable experience going up against that defense but the same can be said about about Buffalo and we've seen what their offense can do at certain points Um, you know not a like you said not a flashy game here but they got the job done got enough conversions and handled controlled the ball better than the Steelers did all the turnovers by the end of it yes yeah, really um yeah my buffalo bills really helping me out liter- in a quite literal sense in our <laughs> fantasy playoffs scoring 19 19 fantasy <laughs> points on this one with all those turnovers and uh not surprised they're able to do that against the steeler offense which has just been yes uh, we talked about all the all the guys that have stepped up on that side but they still have not really done too much on that side of the ball and it really limits what they're gonna be able to do in the playoffs but uh, for the future of the steelers yes their defense is still there it might line up quite well for them in week 17 with the ravens hitting lamar Jackson and some of these other guys um, if they've already clinched the one seed so they're, they're still in control of their own destiny with a, tied with the titans for that last playoff spot they went out they can get it um, but for the bills yeah they clinched a playoff spot first winning season since 1999 it's uh 20 years so man it, buffalo I, I you saw you probably saw that video of all the fans at two in the morning uh, greeting the team in the 20 degree weather at the airport it was just nuts and uh, i wish they could host a playoff game i know the way the, the playoffs are aligned that's pretty much impossible as long as you're division with tom brady and bill belichick but um for buffalo their fans uh, it's an exciting time and uh, exciting for this franchise overall because uh, i think it was kind of a, a little bit of a, a case of them uh, arriving a year early i think with their plan really 2020 was going to be the time for this franchise to expect to make the playoffs with some of the things they've done their defense but the defense is amazing the offense is uh, maybe a, a tad above schedule still not great but good enough and uh, if, as long as you have one side of the ball that's as dominant as their defense you can win in the nfl 
Well, all right, before we wrap it up, uh, just as I was saying, uh, it seems like everything that's big in the NFL happens while we're recording, and uh, here's a new one right off the wire we can discuss shortly here. Yes. Uh, probably probably <laughs> not one we want to discuss because it's just you, you hate to see this stuff because this is a guy I think a lot of people were rooting for and hoping that you know he'd be able to, to maybe regain uh, you know where, where he was at one point, where we were looking at this guy as certainly one of the most – possibly you know just skill wise i mean josh gordon is now suspended i guess indefinitely yep. uh for a violation of the league's uh performance enhancing substances and substance abuse policy this is ian rapport putting this out uh, adam schefter everyone's put this out at this point so um not not great because uh, as we know he's someone that, that's had issues with that and I, I don't know exactly i guess what role maybe he would have played for the seahawks in the playoffs uh you know we've seen situations where they've tried to get him you know involved and such so that that's mm-hmm. uh obviously not ideal for him or the seahawks yeah, he had that one really spectacular catch yesterday against the yeah. Panthers. His only catch of the game, it looks like, looking over the stats again. But yeah, it's it's not 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 a real shocker, I guess. It's um, and uh, they obviously don't say the specifics, but we can probably guess that it was marijuana again. And obviously, um, uh, in terms of the the conversation on whether it should be legal, obviously uh, we have the Major League Baseball, which is no longer going to be testing for that. And we'll see if the NFL eventually gets to that point. But uh, still, you given uh, you know at this point for Josh Gordon, he knows what the rules are. <laughs> he knows uh, what what the stipulations are if he wants to play in the NFL. And you know, it's one thing if it's uh, in the off season and deepen it but here we are it's week going into week 16 it just you just can't have that kind of thing happening and regardless of the overall conversation about whether it should be allowed for nfl players as a way to treat uh, injuries and uh, and pain compared to actual painkillers that's one thing but to know the rules and know that if you do it you're probably going to get caught especially when you've been caught a lot of times it's got to be really disappointing for seattle um obviously putting their faith in him and now they lose a weapon uh, still yes uh, not a huge part of their offense given where tyler lockett and D- dk metcalf have, have established themselves but not definitely not a weapon that hurt um and it, it, yeah just just a disappointing thing for seattle yep uh, it is and uh, we'll see kind of how things uh, move forward there but uh, for the seahawks as we said in the number one spot right now so uh they're at least uh, feeling okay about things uh, here as they move forward all right that wraps it up uh our look at uh, the action from week 15 as we said if you want some thoughts on the Colts and the Saints, you can find that in our previous episode. But uh, if you want even more thoughts on the NFL, uh, Dylan, let everybody know where they can find all that great stuff over Clutch Points. Yeah, clutchpoints.com at the NFL tab. You can find all of our NFL content, all these articles on these breaking news items that we're discussing currently, as well as more analysis about the games themselves. We'll still have probably the last week here, we'll have our Stardom Sidham fantasy articles. So. If you're in a championship or a consolation ladder or just trying to avoid complete last place in your league, definitely check those out um, to see, uh, you know, based on the matchups, what the right decisions are. And obviously, as we talked about with ourselves, one decision on either side can really make a big uh, difference for you. And then also for the podcast, we have a podcast tab on our website for all of our Clutchpoint podcasts, but you can find us. Uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts, search Establish the Pass. We appreciate all the listeners and readers. 
and then download the Clutch Points app to follow all the games for the NFL and the NBA. Um, you can, uh, whether you're watching or not, you get the highlights, analysis, you can interact with other fans. There's a lot of good things in there. We still have all of our NFL articles and news and playoff stuff. All Anything you want to read about all that, you can find in the Clutch Points app. So we appreciate all of you uh, listening. And yeah, excited for uh, being able to move on in this post-Rams uh, hope era here. <laughs> Yes, uh, so this, instead of this being an all-Rams podcast, it's not going to be an all-Bills podcast uh, as we move forward here to make sure uh, we meet uh, Dylan's requirements in his contract. So uh, there you go. We'll, uh, yeah, but be sure to check all that stuff out. Over Clutch Points, uh, lots of great stuff going on there. Uh, going to be a fun couple weeks here as we get closer to the start of the playoffs. Check all that out. So uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening, especially you, Marcus Johnson. Um, please, just do me a favor, man. Don't ask for much. <laughs> Um, thanks, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.